welcome our apostle, Dr. Suzanne Howard. Let's honor the gift that God has given us. Hallelujah. Is he worthy to be praised? Amen. Hallelujah. The offertory declaration said he knows my voice or he hears my voice. Even with our mask on, he hears our voice. Isn't he a good God? So it doesn't matter whether I can hear or whether I can speak, whether I have a voice or not, he knows the voice of his children. And what's most important? Who hears who? That he hears us. Right. Amen. Bless the Lord. All right, we're continuing our series on the fivefold. You can take your seat. Hopefully, y'all had already spoken to each other, gave ear dap, ear elbow, whatever it is y'all into nowadays. However, we're allowed to greet each other. Ever thought we'd come to a time like this? We've been preaching about it, right? And we know it's going to get one of my favorite words. It's going to get worser. Yeah, it's going to get worser. Everybody say worser. worser. So y'all better get ready for the worser. Be prepared now. That's, that's one of the benefits of having the Holy Spirit because we know that he's our peace, right? He's our comforter. That even when we get ready to freak out or come unglued, the Holy Spirit is almost like um, time-released capsules. He releases right on time. Hopefully before we make a fool of ourselves or get too cray-cray, the Holy Spirit is just time release. Just pull on them when you need a little bit more. God is good. I have nothing else to say, but God is good. Amen? Absolutely. If it had not been for the Lord, mm, do I have a church in here today? Anybody here has some struggles being on your own side? Yeah, come on. But with the Lord on your side. The best way to get through a struggle like that when you're, when you're your own enemy is to remember that you are not your own. And that when you dishonor yourself, you are dishonoring God. Because you are made in his image and likeness. So you don't even have that right anymore. Pick up the messy pieces, pick up the brokenness, and just let him have his way. He said, little becomes much. He didn't say you had to give me much. Little becomes much. Just put it in my hand, Suzanne. Anybody hear their name there? Just put it in my hand. Little becomes much. For the Lord is good. Amen. Are you going to be ready for me with the overhead? Okay, I want you to um, first put up the screen for me, probably your last one, Apostolic Leadership, Fivefold Ministry, and it starts out with the scripture from 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13, which is where we're going to go today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13. Hallelujah. Anyone still excited about the fivefold? Yes. Anybody excited to finally walk into to a greater level of identity? authenticity. Amen? I know I am. I'm excited for the house to be in order so that the weight can shift. Hallelujah. 
I was studying weight um, last night, like the weight of the office, and the proper terminology really is the burden, that God doesn't put weights on us. He told us to cast those weights aside. God puts burdens on us. So you'll have a burden to pray for someone. You'll have a, um, a burden to um, see the world be changed for Christ. You'll have a burden. So let's match up our vocabulary to the Bible. It's not a weight. What did he tell us to do with weight? Lay it aside. I'm about to lay aside about 30 pounds. Hey! <laughs> Glory. So he doesn't want to put weight on us, right? He wants us to lay aside the weights, the things that weigh us down. When you study the scripture, there's spiritual weight and there's spiritual burden. Satan likes to put a spiritual weight on you. W-E-I-G-H-T. He likes you to feel weighted down with things. But God gives you burdens. That means he gives you a piece of his heart. What's burdening him, he'll put on you to burden you. Amen? Because he said to take my yoke upon you, right? Why did he say to take the yoke upon you? Because the yoke is what? So why would he keep making ministry hard for us? And what did he say? What, did, what was the next line? Burden is light. There's no weight in a burden. Thank you, Lord. He had me up till 1.30 this morning. He said, teach my people to take the weight off. I don't give weight. I give burdens. I give my heart's feel, my heart's compassion, the empathy that I have as a father over everyone in this globe, that I have a burden to see this world change, not just for me, but for the people that are in it. So we're going to take on his yoke. And we're going to take on his burden because his burden is, mm, anybody want to be light today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to read 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13. The scripture starts out with, dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. Because of their what? Because of their work. Interesting. Let's go to Hebrews 13 and 7. Hebrews 13 and 7. What I'm going to connect today for our hearing is what I have felt for a long, 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 long time. And I couldn't really find anyone who was um, in, in not just agreement, but blood-bought agreement with me on this, that you know, the, the whole hand thing is cute. It helps you remember and all that. And we've come up with little things. I saw on the intercessor training Friday night, Latanya said, the teacher is the pinky because the pinky could go in the air and get the wax out so you can hear. I said, I ain't never heard that one. <laughs> Prophet Latanya, I know you're listening to me right now, but I heard you and I grabbed it. I said, the teacher is the pinky because the pinky could go in and grab the wax because the teacher got to get the wax out your ears so you can hear the word of the Lord. We ain't never going to end on this hand fivefold extension. <laughs> but it gets the point across, right? But for me, I need a little bit more than that. I need a little bit more. I think it's probably good to teach apostolic children. But as adults, I think we need a little bit more understanding than just a hand. We need to understand how we hit the ground when we were formed. You know, we learned last week that this is not a new ministry, right? Fivefold. It's not even really fivefold. Fivefold is really a, a, a measurement term. So we were, let me ask you this first. I want to put this out there because I want to keep you all interactive. When did we first find out that Christ would descend and then ascend? New covenant or old covenant? 
Somebody know the, the scripture? Psalm 68 and 18. Oh, they're very specific today. Why don't y'all fact check them? Psalm 68 and 18 is when Christ was prophesied that he would ascend and then descend and he would give gifts. Anyone know what the gifts were that he gave? Huh? People. Absolutely. The gifts were actually people. Just like the Levites, right? They were a tribe of people. They were the priesthood, right? He left a fivefold. He left officers to guard his church and they're people just like the Levites. Often we try to say, oh, they're apostle by title. This isn't a title thing. You were inbred for this. You were born for this. Just like you're born a Levite. Do you know that being a, a priest, there were particular women that the priest had to marry? These women were bred by certain families so that they can be bred and born and, and taught and trained how to be married to a priest. So we've got two dynamics working that just goes against that whole scripture and that whole teaching. One of them is that priests shouldn't marry. That's under the Catholic teaching, right? And then the other one is you can basically marry anybody you want to. And we kind of found that out with Samson, didn't we? The cost of them eyes that was wandering outside of the, the village. What it cost him. It cost him greatly. Um, so I still would take to the, to the, the truth that that we need to look for people who are bred into what we're going and where we're going because it's going to be putting muddy waters and clean water together and what happens when you put muddy and clean together it gets dirty oh the, the clean won't take over the dirty gets muddier waters amen I am under that belief now you know we have great testimonies and examples of, of things that work outside of that, but as far as you being an officer of the commissioned kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to be careful who you pick to walk alongside you for this journey. Because you may find yourself very troubled with muddy waters the entire time of your relationship. I don't know who this is for. But y'all don't want to look at me, so it must be 99% of the room. <laughs> just to, uh, just make a mistake and hit any key. Yeah, just hit something real off. <laughs> be real prophetic. Hit an off key. <laughs> Hebrews 13 and 7. Ready? Appreciate your pastoral leaders who gave you the word of God. Take a good look at the way they live and let their faithfulness instruct you. What's supposed to instruct you? Uh-huh. As well as their truthfulness. There should be a consistency that runs through us all. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's go back to Minister Tasha. Yeah, we'll go back one screen. Um, why were the gifts of leadership given to such men? Very good. They were given to what? Equip, absolutely. They were given to edify, and they were given to mature. Now, when I explain things that have gone on in the church the last few thousand years, couple thousand years, it's not to put down any particular or one office, because my point today that I'm going to make is we all need each other. We have to complement each other, not compete with each other. 
No one office is greater than the other. We need each other in order to work. And a lot of problems that we've seen is competing, competition, that when we find out who God made us to be in this earth, what he's given us to accomplish in the earth, in some cases, I have literally met people, a lot of people, who did not like who God made them to be because they thought this one other office was better. It held more prestige. Um, I like the way the prophets move. I want to be a prophet. I've never been accepted by anyone, so I want to be an apostle and show everybody who I am in the kingdom. All such manners of things that don't understand. You go against who God has made you to be. And, and, and as I said a couple weeks in a row, it's no different than the world is going through. I don't feel like a man. So I'm not going to be a man. I don't feel like a woman, so I'm not going to be a woman. It's, this, it's the mirror image and prophetic image of what's going on in the church. We have made such a mockery out of the gifts that he gave to the church that people are now poising and paying for titles and positions, bribing and conniving to get in networks so that they can be recognized and put on great platforms and allowed to preach in certain churches because I have this title, I can go there. And we've pushed this competition thing so hard that people are now leaving apostles and going into bishop because bishop have networks and people don't want apostles to come and preach. They want the bishop to come and preach. This is, anybody heard it? This is true information. If it's who he made you, you have to be content in who he's made you to be. And when you're not operating in that office, there is a void in that church he placed you, in that community he placed you, in these networks that he's placed you. I don't blame people for not wanting apostles to preach, if you have a real apostle. Because they're going to come into that house, they're going to see what's going on in that house, and they're not going to care whether they leave with an offering or not. Because they realize that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That they will eat from the eagles. The pigeons will drop off some locusts to them. And they'll fry the locusts up in some olive oil like, like Israel still does to this day. They get locusts and they fry it up in a pan with olive oil. And it's a delicacy for them. Because if you follow the, 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 the chain of command for food, locusts only eat, what, grass? They only eat pure things. But we eat a cow and a pig to eat all this other stuff. But all of our faces say, ugh, eat locusts? Locusts is cleaner than the meat we eat. Let's have a locust party. I know Katrina going to cook it up and bring it in. Some of her very healthy food, man. I'm just like, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Do you all understand? I want everybody in here to reach a place in your life and your ministry where you are so happy to be who he's called you to be. I want you to make that office look good. I want you to show the world what the pastor is like when the pastor knows who they are and what they're commissioned to do. What the prophet is like, the evangelist, what the teacher, one of my favorite offices, and then of course the apostle. Be comfortable in who you are and show the world who God made you. There are reasons why he put us together, and none of them are for us to compete. And none of them is for us to blow up a title so bad that everybody wants that particular office. And then we mess up lives, and we mess up churches, and I get phone calls every single day. And I know I'm not the only one. I talk to a couple pastors. People from here call them. People from other churches call me. If we would just have a sit-down, get-yourself-together meeting, if you would work your discipleship practices at home, 
Work who he's called you to be. That's the ultimate place of joy and happiness is when you become naturally and spiritually who God has called you to be. Thriving for anything else, you'll get it and never be happy. Anybody ever get something they thought they wanted so badly? And then when you get it, it's like, God, can you take this thing away? Either it had weight, amen, or it, it looked pretty on the outside, but the inside was dead bones. Is anybody with me? That car you wanted, you didn't care what the payment was? Six months in, you're like, this pa pa car payment about to make me lose my home. I'm about to lose my apartment over this thing. The, 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 the level of peace and joy that you're looking for comes in being your authentic self, naturally and spiritually. Don't vie for position or office. You're blocking someone that needs to be in that place that can give the church that, that what did we say? That equipping that the church needs that edification that the church needs. They were given to mature the saints. That last one, actually all of them, God is always right. But this is what the church has been lacking over the few couple, the couple thousand years that we've been in. We have been under pastoral leadership. You understand that? And being under pastoral leadership, there's no equipping in that. That's not their job to equip. And when a pastor starts equipping, you feel hurt by them. You feel like they don't love you because they're operating in a place that God has not made them to be. They don't have the character to do it. Their character is to mend that broken leg that the apostle or the prophet broke and get you back into the place where you can continue being equipped and that they can edify you to your office and they can mature you to be the saint of God that you need to be. This isn't putting down the pastor at all. We need the pastors. That's a very eloquent office. That's an office where you have to have um, diplomacy, you have to have motivation, you have to be strong in your heart, you have to love people more than they may love you. That's not a cowardly position in any kind of way at all. It's tough. Some of my overseers can tell you. Even with the mask on, y'all can y'all can hear him with the mask on. That's an oversight is a big job from God. And some people are like, I'll be apostle, how long are we doing? It's two years before we go into our office? Because these sheep about to take me out. One goat and they can't handle the church. I'm leaving Jesus. I got a goat. You have to have a heart for this. So vibing for positions can hurt people, can cause God to lose people can call the church to be void of that personality and that characteristic, but under the years that we have allowed the total government of God's church to be under pastors, we've lost all of that. So now that apostles are coming back in, people got a problem with them. And if you can remember in scripture, apostles were murdered and martyred. They had some of the most gruesome deaths of every of anybody in the Bible. David didn't even die that way. They tied them to, to wagons and popped their bodies in half. They beheaded them. John's head was served on a platter to that witch. Some of the most gruesome deaths. And I don't see much of a difference today spiritually how apostles are fighting to rise again and people are taking their heads off. People are tying them and, and dividing them into two pieces instead of one. The same martyrdom is happening to apostles because nobody wants to hear an apostle's message because that's control. That's dictatorship. Our flesh doesn't like it. 
But I asked last week, who likes discipline? Who enjoys discipline? Because most people that either call to the office of the teacher or have a, a, a um, high gifting of teaching, a lot of y'all came up prophet, teacher, special ministries, that teacher is in you. There's a certain um, attraction. You have the discipline. Discipline is what it takes to grow the house. The, the pastor has to discipline as well, but the pastor cannot discipline until not being able to nurture. So they have to learn how to move in two ways at one time. But having that one office over the church for all these years has cost us. And that's why we have now Nutty Buddy and Tutti Fruity and all kind of stuff going on in the church. I was reading about apostles last night and the, the burden that they have on their office and the burden of their mantle. And it was shared that apostles were the ones that can turn people over to Satan. Oh, you do that, you a witch. Read the Bible. Apostle Paul came to that church, right? And he said, why have y'all, not the leaders of the church, why have y'all allowed this man to continue sleeping with his stepmother? And y'all sent a letter by donkey to bring me in here to handle it. Why haven't you handled it? So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn this man over to Satan. <gasps> Could you hear the whole church? Freaking out. We don't talk like that. God is a good God. He's a sovereign God. We can come as we are. We have to be patient with him. We have to be nurturing with him. Apostle said, no, haven't y'all done that already? How long has he sat with y'all? I'm going to turn him over to Satan. And there's a prophetic strategy why I'm turning him over to Satan. So that he might make heaven. Because he obviously is not going to do well on the earth. So let's let Satan do the work for us to get him into heaven. Imagine if somebody preached like that. Who wants the apostles' message? <laughs> y'all crazy. <laughs> That's why y'all here. The apostle Peter was the one that because Simon wanted to buy gifts, made him blind. That's witchcraft. He was such a danger, Simon, that Peter had to make him blind so that he couldn't be a danger no more. This is the burden, or as we may know it more appropriately use, the weight of apostleship, the power and the spears that they govern in. And that's why people will be so quick to cast them down because that stuff to the devotional church that we were raised in sounds wicked. That's not God's heart. God loves even Satan. I've heard people say that the reason why we are all being tormented so long still into 2020 is because God loves Satan still and he's given Satan time to repent. So all of us getting murdered, <laughs> what's, what's happening to people in Africa, body parts being cut off, children being sex trafficked, is so Satan can repent. Look at what we make up when we don't know our Bible. Look at the things we, we go right back to that devotional heart where we've got to find the good God, the all long suffering God. But we keep forgetting about there's a kingdom God. Remember we learned a couple of months ago, we have the friend, we have the father, oh, and the judge. Devotional churches are not going to teach you about the judge because the church can't judge. We took the power from the church to judge. But when apostles come in, he's going out to the devil, he's finna be blind, and they go down the line. Who wants that message? Sound crazy, right? This is what they do. 
And the reason they have to do that, because we are commissioned to take care of a harvest and a kingdom. And some things you got to be violent so that you can take it by force. Everybody's not called to that spear. Thank God. Some of you are like, oh, you're not called to it because it was so heavy to you. Don't worry, baby. Just be nice and smile. But to the rest of us, we're going to do it and we're going to get it done because we have, we owe God to equip the church to edify the body, the continued body, the fullness of the body and to mature the saints. We can admit there's some maturity lacking in the saints. When you get on some of these social media platforms and you can't see much difference between the church and the world, something is wrong. I literally get on Facebook and post and off because I, I, it, 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 maybe I'm not strong enough. It messes with my spirit. And I'm ready to engage in some conversations that I'm not sure God even wants me to be engaging in. Takes me off my position, causes it a distraction and a focus to better things. Because the enemy's always doing his ministry work. And he's always making up cliches and the church echoes them. As prophets are supposed to echo God. They echo the words of Satan and bring these cliches in the church that we're not even aware of that are in the church that the church is parroting. We've got to get this leadership back in the churches because we need to equip the church. Anybody want to guess what equipping the church needs? I don't think there's a wrong answer. Say it again. Getting them ready. What else? Training. What else? Discipline. It's a natural and a spiritual aspect to this. What else? Healing. Absolutely. You know, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 28, we talk about the gifts, right? And we talked about healings and miracles, and we talk about um, diverse tongues, and we talked about, do you know that the healing and miracles belong to the evangelists? The healing and miracles, people are like, well, we, the healing and miracles haven't arrived yet. They belong to the evangelists, but we make evangelists exhorters so we're not able to see what the evangelist really has. The evangelist is, is encapsulated in healings and miracles. We're not seeing healing and miracles because we don't believe in evangelists. We believe in exhorters. Make us feel good. Let me bring you to my service because you're going to cheer this service and this crowd on and make them so happy that when my, when my word comes and the organ comes, all I got to go is hum nitty dum nitty dum 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 And everybody's running around like they're crazy. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands in the churches. If you're happy and you know it, stop your feet. If you're happy and you know it, run around the church. Them the sermons to me. Y'all hear differently because I watch some of y'all. Y'all hokey pokey. Y'all be getting down. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> you will not come back here again. This is what to me, I'm an apostle. Forgive me. I do offend. It's not in my control. Do the hokey pokey in the whole church. Everybody's happy. And I'm sitting there like, who's prepared for what's to come? Clap your hands. Stomp your feet. Shout amen. Peyton said, Mima, remember that, that preacher that came? He didn't even touch the people. And they were just boom, 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 boom. She said, me and John, John and Jordan was like, is he a demon? I was like, she just told me this yesterday. They'd be in the back having their little crew conversations. 
They was questioning. Why is he moving like that? What happened to the person when they got up? Was God glorified in their falling down? Was that God, Mima? I was like, I hope so. I didn't think that far, Peyton. Not to discredit anything, but who are the people that checks the fruit to make sure that what's coming in here is what it says it is. We were told to be false prophets. We were told to be false apostles. We told that there's false light. We were told that there'll be false Christ. If we don't have these officers in the church that we sit down as the advisors of church to say, apostle, I know this person, blah, 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 but the fruit ain't checking up. I, I put it on the scale and it says $2.99 a pound and they coming up nine cents a pound. Son, th this ain't the authentic thing. Where are those officers at? And where are the leaders that, that won't cast them out of leadership and call them rebels? Put them out of the church because they're troublemakers. You don't do what I say. You, you want to go against what I do. This is the fivefold. This is the reason why we have to be in place. Because mess. The church isn't messy. The church has become mess. Because of these officers that are not in place to verify and to vet and to test and to review the fruit. We've gotten to the point now where from the pews, we tell the pulpit what to do. What I don't like, what I'm going to do. Not spiritual governments. Personal fleshly desires. Y'all with me? Is this too harsh for y'all? Well, y'all knew I was preaching today. So y'all should have put on your helmets of salvation. You are who God called you to be because you've been given to equip. Equip someone. You are who God called you to be because you're calling to edify the church as a whole and to bring the saints of God to maturity. When we move in our maturity, our commerce, our health, our prosperity, everything begins to flow. Go to the first one, the value in each gift. I got one more screen and then we'll read a couple scriptures and we can go home. Is that all right? Apostles govern. They have the heart of the Father. And they establish the heart of the Father. And builds leaders, ministries, and kingdoms. Apostles govern. They have the Father's heart. Anybody ever been chastised? I know this generation suffers a lot because families has been split and divided. And a lot of people do not know how to sit under leadership at all. Some have never been corrected by their father or a man. So a lot of women and men, we used to just push that thing on women, but a lot of women and men used to suffer because they couldn't take correction from a man. Because they had that void from daddy, if the man comes with them with any kind of authority, they have a problem with it. But the father's heart loves you like no other. I was a, a part of the blessings of my life was that I had my father and me and my father had a dynamic relationship. So I understand what it's like to be loved by a man, pure love, not sexual love, not a touching, offending kind of love where I was his girl. So I understand that partnership with God, but I also understand that when my father was done with us, the whole house sat down like little ants. There's that father's heart. You have to know both sides. You have to understand that we are here to build leaders. That's why we are a spiritual development center to build leaders, ministries, and kingdom. You'd be surprised what the vision is that I can't share. 
The rest I'll tell you when I get there. Prophets guide, provide spiritual direction. If a prophet, if someone comes as a prophet and can only prophesy, you have met the gift and not the office. Because the officer is going to have more spiritual direction than prophecy. I want to know about my car. Well, you need to go to God about your car. But I want to tell you about some spiritual direction in your life. I want to tell you what you got into, how you got into it, and then I want to tell you how to get out. Not that stuff that we got away with for years that says, um, oh, I, I don't know, but this is what the Lord said. Now you got to go ask God for the rest of the message. That's a prophesier. That ability we all have on the inside of us. That's why we can't finish the, the message. That's why we put the work off on God or we put it off on you. You don't have enough faith to make it happen. No, I haven't met the officer. I met the gifts. The officer is the one who is qualified by spiritual direction, by giving instruction, the revelation that a prophet has, the guidance that a prophet has. That's why y'all will hear me pray for prophetic insight, instruction, direction, guidance, revelation. Pray those prayers. I need prophetic revelation. You might not be able to get a prophet. I need prophetic revelation. I heard Juanita Bynum in her, one of her prayer teachings, she said, I'm not an apostle, but I am an apostle in prayer. Think about that. Yeah. I'm not, um, Dr. Miles Moreau said um, he walks in the office of a teacher, but he knows that it is the apostleship that stands up in his teaching. Look what God will do to make happen what he needs to happen for his church. And if you are for his church, the provision for you has already been granted. But when you're walking in something that he did not give you, there's no provision for that. There's no protection from that. Do you know you can be crazy as a bed bug and do God's will and you will have provision, protection because he's not protecting you. He know you're jacked up, David. He know you crazy, Rahab. But you're doing what he's called you to do so he's going to provide. Why did he protect a harlot who ran a brothel and then let her get into heaven? Y'all should have a problem with that because he wasn't protecting her. He was protecting what it is she was doing for him. When you are in his will, you can be crazy as a bed bug, I'm telling you. And he's going to protect, he's going to provide, he's going to talk to you. And churches will tell you, well, he ain't going to talk to you because of the things you got going on. I'm sorry. Anybody else an example to that? He talked to me when I don't think he should have talked to me. Other things talk too. That's why I was crazy, absolutely. But I worked that out. Well, I'm able to know my father's voice from a stranger's voice. And I stopped following the temptation of the stranger's voice. Prophets, we need the spiritual direction in the church. We need the instruction in the church, the revelation and the guidance. We cannot have this church only under an apostle. We need the entire complementary office. We need the evangelists, and not just for their gathering. We need them partly because they're anointed to appeal to the lost with the gospel and ensure their discipline, their discipleship, their discipline, their... Um, so, okay, let, let me make it real to you like this. Can you imagine an evangelist, right? That's who your office is. You're an evangelist. You come from the lineage. The DNA in you is of an evangelist. But your gifting is prophetic. Can you imagine... The, the evangelist with the backup gifting of a prophet 
The evangelist I already shared with you encapsulates the healing and miracles. Imagine this evangelist on the street working healings, working miracles, and prophesying. But because we haven't seen much of the evangelist or the teacher, we, we kind of just dismiss their offices. When somebody say, I'm called to teach, we send them upstairs or downstairs or somewhere. We just send them. Good, we need people to teach because nobody wants to teach. When we get to the office of the teacher in this material, you're going to find out that many of you ought not be teachers. Because I'm going to judge you with the same level of judgment that I've given the teacher to walk in. The teacher can judge the fruit. Don't let somebody tell you you can't judge. The teacher, now they don't have to receive your judgment. I don't receive everybody's judgment. But it doesn't mean they can't judge you. The evangelist has the gifts of healing and miracles. People are out there preaching now, we need to see the healings and the miracles. Then we need to train up qualified evangelists. If the evangelists are in operation, the pastor doesn't have to get drained. The apostle doesn't have to get drained because right now, these are the two abiding offices in the church. You'll see a church that says they're apostolic and the, uh, the pastor or the bishop has now become an apostle, but they don't have a prophet or a prophetic company. Most times an apostle should always be seen with the prophet. And if an apostle doesn't know they're an apostle, they'll still have a, a prophet around them and they won't even know the whole dynamic of their relationship until they grow in it and they find out. Isn't that, isn't that amazing how God works? He will still hook you up with one. I know there's already apostles in this house. We've got to get moving on this thing. We need pastors because pastors guard. They feed, nurture, care for, and protect sheep. Who do you want to talk to when you already feel uh, ungodly conviction, condemnation? Who do you want in your life when your family needs the support? The teacher grounds. We need the grounding of the teacher. Because if we only had a prophet, now a prophet can pastor. If they have that pastoral heart, a prophet can pastor, right? But a prophet is going to have us so out in the celestials. Every day, y'all going to be whoo doo 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 And it's going to be like, we, we need some grounding in here. Can we raise up some teachers? Well, I teach y'all. Yeah, but you teach prophetically. We need some grounding. We need the teachers to come and ground your teaching. Even with the apostle. Sometimes the revelation that comes from apostles, I've preached some things to y'all, and I was just woo, and y'all was woo. And I talked to you on Wednesday, y'all ain't get it at all. You just was doing the hokey pokey. We need the grounding of the teachers. They illuminate scripture. How many have that gift? How many can literally and honestly say that when you read the Bible, you see things that are not on that page? Words that are not on that page. And you, you might even check your eyes in all seriousness. When I first had that happen to me, I, 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 I believed it so much, y'all. I got a favorite Bible because I believe that Bible is the thing that had the revelation. <laughs> I've told somebody, if you steal my Bible, I'm going to kill you. This is my favorite Bible. It wasn't the Bible. It was the gift on the inside that illuminated the scripture so that I was able to understand. Years back, I have notes in my Bible and I put dates in the notes that I write in my Bible. And I have notes in there from 1989. 
and it ta- and I was understanding that God, Jesus was already with Genesis in, in Genesis and my church wasn't teaching that. And I didn't go up there and say, well, you know, pastor, because I realized that where they were growing, it was a different speed that God was growing me at. So I sat in church in obedience because first of all, he wants us to gather together. I sat there to be in the unity, in the community of church. I learned some of the best character traits. The church that I came out of, they never ran any money games. There was never any lines. Preachers that came in there were vetted. And I'm like, why can't we bring this preacher and that preacher? And then they just tapped me on the head in the spirit. You'll get it one day. So I learned character and integrity, and I learned long-suffering, and I, and I learned uh, godliness, and I learned about being equally yoked, and I learned about rebuke, because I was rebuked a lot. Five-fold y'all gonna be rebuked a lot if you haven't been thus far, because that's the conversion rate, and conversion comes from correction and rebuke. I was rebuked, I mean, I was sat down all the time, and I still came to church, I sat down in that mourner's row where everybody knew you was sat down. And when praise and worship came and inside I was speaking in other other tongues, I clapped my hands and I said, they're going to be sorry one day when I realize who I am. I'm going to show all of them. I got myself together. I did good for two months, sat down again. They don't like me. They don't want me here. They don't understand my gift. No, their purpose may be to correct and rebuke your life, to take the things out that are going to show up later down the road that would take your entire ministry out, that would defame your name, your office, and the kingdom of God. You need. It was good that I was afflicted. I was sat down a lot. Eliminate, illuminate scripture. Reveal truth and help the sheep Mature And even these definitions, they sound so, for, for me, they still sound watered down. But, but eat on that hors d'oeuvre until we get to the offices. And you're going to be amazed at what level we, and I'm going to say all of us, have been operating in that has not been a drop in the bucket to who we were supposed to be or how his church was supposed to operate. Not a drop in the bucket. When Minister Mike finishes this week on the officer and the office, Minister Thomasina is going to come and she's going to explain how it's one vessel per body. I'm not sure how she worded it. How did she word it? One office per vessel. And then we're going to get up from that and we're going to go right in to the apostle. And then we're going to move right there to the prophet. And it's, it's meaty and it's, it's burdensome, good burdensome. When you hear burden, I want you to understand burden is good. I don't want you to think of a burden as a bad thing. A weight is not what we want. The burden of the Lord we want. The burden of the office. The burden of the mantle. You know, apostles are slaves to God. And I, I used to use a synonym to Misha. I was like, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. But it's, I feel like I'm possessed by the Holy Spirit. I said, you know how you watch a movie and you see demonic possessions? I feel the opposite of that. I feel possessed by the Holy Spirit. Like, literally, the things I want to do I was working in some, I had them other issues too in Romans, but some of the things I wanted to do, I found myself not doing them, bad things, not doing them because of the yoke that was on me. It wasn't me, y'all, I was jacked up. My family wasn't in church or in Christ. So we didn't have any of those um, hell, fire, and damnation preachings in the house. We had whatever goes gold, may the best man survive. That's what I was raised up in. 
but a lot of who you are showed up in your childhood. Why were you the one that your family was the hardest on? God has been vetting you since he agreed for you to be born in this earth. So get out of the victim mentality and find out that it was good that you were afflicted. This affliction was vetting you for who God called you to be. Yes, it hurt. Yes, it was probably traumatic, but the earth is traumatic right now. But can God use all of that pain and sorrow to make you the officer that he needs you to be? Teachers, ground. Pastors, guard. Evangelists, gathers. Prophet, guides. And apostle, governs. And as we go and we change from these Ephesians to Corinthians, you're going to see some of these right here change a little bit. And we're going to explain to you why. You're going you're gonna to have this thing like the hokey pokey. Come on, my last screen. Yep, very good. Ministry gifts were not to be competition, but complementing. Say that with me. Ministry gifts were not to be a competition, but complementing. Well, I can't hear y'all. Like y'all got masks on your mouth or something. They all complement. Do you see the apostle working with just about every, working with every office up here? The pastor and the apostle have to work together. The, the, the pastor in some ways is what I did in the natural world when I had to be an HR rep, when management was coming down on a particular employee and the employee would contact HR. I was the one that would show up with the blue, black, or brown suit and sit down and talk with you. My problem was is that I was supposed to always be defending of the organization. And though in front of that employee, I was a defender of the organization, but I would get in that back room and I would tell them, he is purposely tripping her up and setting her up and not training her so she can get fired. Y'all purposely doing this there. And they was like, got to go. You're not defending of the organization. That's what pastors do. Many times Pastor D has come to me and said, well, apostle, I'm like, Pastor D, <laughs> If you think you're going to work a miracle, go ahead. But if I have to deal with this person one more time, one more again. But we've learned, didn't we learn? That in most cases, the people want that type of discipline and correction and even rebuke. I've had people come to my office that said, Apostle, don't be afraid to rebuke me. You can rebuke me publicly. And I've done it and they left. Faces is going through my mind right now. And I've had people who said it and literally meant it. Rebuke me, cut me, prune me so that I can grow. I don't want to be in a church 30 years like my grandmother and my great-grandmother and my mother and a lot of people in churches who are just sitting on leadership roles with titles. They're not preaching. They're not singing. They're not evangelizing. They're not grounding anyone. They're not governing anyone. They're not guiding anyone. Because we set up this hierarchy where only the set man you remember the term the right reverend what was right about reverend I, I still haven't found out about the right reverend apostles and evangelists someone get these scriptures for me the first one is, is it has a lot of verses but it's just uh, Acts 8 and I need Acts 15 I need Acts 13 and I need Acts 20 
just a reminder and a refresher for a lot of us or to even look at the scripture in a different way than we've ever looked at it to understand that God was shown us there has to be a, a complementing there has to be a coercion of the offices for us to get this work done one cannot be greater than the other I already showed you in the text respect the work he didn't even say respect the person in first that respect the work wholehearted respect and give them wholehearted love because of their work. We talked about in the teaching last week how some of these officers have suffered unduly attacks. Um, they have great critics just because they're doing the work that God has called them to do. Is that hard? Right? Could you imagine having a job that nobody appreciates and yet you have to get up and do it and be it every day of your life? Who has Acts 8 for me? Come on up, Katrina. Can you? <clears throat> Is this mic on? Do we need to change this? Or she can keep it away from her? What do we need to do? What's Pastor D's line, y'all? Follow the guidance of distance, <laughs> of social distancing. She has that voice, too, to do that. Am I going to harass you for like a whole bunch of them? Come on, dear. Acts 8, first I want you to read 5 through 6. Acts 8, verses 5 through 6 <coughs> says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Who's, who did healings and miracles? Philip. And what was Philip? He told him to go do the work of a what? Evangelist. Uh-huh, of an evangelist. So who has the gift of healings and miracles? The evangelist. The evangelist. So when we, when we quote 1 Corinthians 12 and we start saying that we haven't seen the entire fold, we don't see the miracles, we don't see the healings, it's embodied in the evangelist. I don't personally believe that we're talking about additional offices. I believe we're talking about the evangelist that needs to come up like the apostle and what are you talking about? Just the apostle and the teacher in 1 Corinthians, right? Just talks about the 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 the, the differences of the the apostle, prophet, and teacher. Thank you. I'm trying to think of the wording. Um, but a lot of people have taken it now and said, well, it's more than fivefold, it's tenfold. But really what that is, it's, it's the encompassing powers, the burdens that belong to the evangelist that needs to be brought up. Do you know when you really see people in their five-fold office, you can barely tell the officers apart? Teachers look like apostles. Prophets look like apostles. The, the pastor looks like prophets. When we all operate in who he's called us to be, no one can really go around and just assume and guess. We can look at nature. We can look at characteristics. We can listen for history. But when we're moving in the power and all of the, 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 the diverse gifts, if you will, that's listed in 1 Corinthians 12, all of those are the workings that come through us. So do we need to have a healing service? Is Sunday morning a healing service? Yes. If the church was operating in her glory. Do we need to have Friday night prophetic night? Because every time we get together is prophetic night or prophetic day, isn't it? What about some of the other things that we have? Prophetic teaching. 
We have taken these bits and pieces out and we made programs and conferences of what every Sunday morning, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday should be when the church comes together. Oh, I'm going to this conference. They have a prophetic conference. Every church has the prophetic in it. The healings and the miracles in it. I don't need to travel to uh, New York or Massachusetts for deliverance. But when you brand yourself so well, people buy into the fact that God has put the entire gift in this one person. Even Jesus had to go. Who had the entire everything inside of him. He said, I'm going to go, but I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave something with you. Which tells us we all have that great same power that Jesus had. I don't have to travel to different countries for healing and deliverance. The problem is the church needs to come out of insecurity. And stop going by feeling. I don't feel like I can heal. You don't. You can't. But he that is in you, that's when you use the scripture. The greater of the in me on the inside is what's going to do the healing. You can be a jacked up mess. I don't, I don't want to, you know, make the, the gospel look so messy. But look at some of the people he used in the Bible. Some of us live a little bit better lives, a little more character, reputations a little more cleared up than some of these people that was in the Bible. I haven't done some of the things David's done now. David got me beat. I'm going to make sure he stay a couple ahead of me. David was so crazy that when he died, to make sure he was dying, they brought him another woman and said, a woman going to show enough make David get up. They brought the woman and David said, hmm. They said, our king is dying. Is that crazy? This is the Bible, y'all, and you think you're jacked up? They couldn't think of any other way. They didn't bring David's children in. They didn't bring David's wife in. Bring David a woman. If anything gonna make him rise, it's gonna be that. David looked over with sad eyes, I'm sure. The Lord has ended my zeal. Think about it. Thank you, it is true. Brought him a woman, I read that scripture, I said, I am so done. The, the Bible is the inspired word of God. And God inspired that that be in there? Come on, Katrina, go to um, 12, verse 12, and then go 14 through 17. Verse 12 says, But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Mm. So nice to include women. Did you go now go 14 through 17, the 14 whole thing? 14 through yep. 17 says, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now that could lead a whole bunch of doctrinal, did y'all hear it? The doctrinal arguments in that right there. Read the, the, the last two lines over. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. Only For yet he has not fallen upon none of them. Yeah, Go ahead. The Holy Ghost. Uh -huh. Only they were baptized in the name but of the Lord But they were baptized Jesus. in the name but didn't have the Holy Ghost. Right. Come on. Then they laid their hands on them. Then they laid their hands on them. And they received the Holy Ghost. And then they received the Holy Ghost. But we got this thing written out like a blueprint on how it's supposed to happen. Did you finish the 17? Yes. Did you see how it was the whole accompaniment that made this happen? 
You'll read even how apostles left Ephesus and left the elders in charge of the church. But you're not, you are not apostolic if you don't have an apostle and you don't have a prophet and you don't have an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher. Now, having one set leader as an apostle only and a prophet only, you're going to see some apostolic likeness. But the apostolic includes the fivefold. So what tells me, if they have not been recognized, if they had not had hands laid on, they're in the body. They're here. God, it, he doesn't care if it's 12. He doesn't care if it's two. He's going to equip that church. That's why Philip, an apostle, could be in the spirit, hands laid, I need you to operate as an evangelist. I need you to operate as. I need you to operate as. Not become, just operate as. That's why in environments like this, we could come out here and all of a sudden, let's just say we just started prophesying. We, I, I had a dream that I just called y'all up and just said, start prophesying. And people begin to move. All of a sudden, other people in the house can feel the gift of the prophetic on them and prophesy because a portal has been opened. But you leave here and now you go to another church on Wednesday and think you're going to do the same thing and the power's gone. It's like, eh, eh, the web ain't coming out, Spidey. Eh, eh, it ain't working. Because you were under a portal that was open and the gifts fell. I need you to operate as. I need you to operate as. And he went out and he may not have had, he may not have used healings and miracles in his apostleship, but as an evangelist, he spider web came right out and he did what he needed to do. Amen. Who has Acts 15? 22 through 24. <clears throat> Are they coming with their own covers? God is so good. Minister Tasha, you ain't no joke. Can we give Minister Tasha a hand? She is at the helm of the ship running it. Thank you, Lord. Acts 15, 22 through 24. Amen. Acts 15, 22 through 24. Then the apostles and elders together with the whole church in Jerusalem. Complimenting each other. Mm -hmm, chose delegates. And they sent them to Antioch of Syria with Paul and Barnabas to report on his decision. And you know, Antioch church was governed and ran particularly by prophets. Can you imagine why God had that church ran by prophets? Could you imagine what it was like in that place? He probably came in the door on the floor. <laughs> and then 32 through 35. Oh, this is... Same I chapter. Through, I didn't go to 24. Acts 15, 32 okay. through 35. We need each other. Can y'all say that? We need each other. It takes this whole gamut to make this thing as powerful as he intended it to be. 32 through 35. Correct. Then Judas and Silas, both being prophets, mm. spoke at length to the believers, encouraging and strengthening their faith. They stayed for a while, and then the believers sent them back to the church in Jerusalem with a blessing of peace. Mm. Paul and Barnabas <clears throat> stayed in Antioch, and they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord there. Taught and preached. Teaching is necessary. Who has Acts 13, 1 through 3? <clears throat> Acts 13, mm -hmm. <laughs> 1 through 3. 
Acts 13, one through three says, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and preachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who were, was called Niger, mm -hmm. and Lucius of Cyrene, mm -hmm. Mathian, who has been brought up with Herod mm. in, in the, I can't even see it, who was brought up with Herod in the Tetrarch? I'm sorry? Was brought up with Herod in the Tetrarch and Saul. So it says. I don't even know where you're at. Okay. Oh, yeah, Tetrarch. What, what version do you have? The King James? Because you sound so official. <laughs> New King James. Yeah, not too bad. So you want me to read it again <laughs> yeah, so I don't please. mess anybody up? My ADD couldn't compartmentalize it. Amen. That. Thank Amen. You, 13 says, now the church. Can I take this off since I'm right here? Yeah, just don't kill Bless us. Bless the Lord. <laughs> now the church that was at Antioch, yep. there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger. Yep. Lucius of Cyrene. And Manan, who, was, who had been brought up with Herod in Tetrarch. That's and amazing. Saul. That's amazing. Do you, can you tell where some of these people have come from? <clears throat> some of the disciples that they got was brought up with who? <clears throat> Tetrarch. And then who else? And Saul. Go to the last word. Niger. Okay, it says, keep going. Um, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, yep. Lucius of Cyrene, Mathan, who had been brought up with Herod, yep. the Tetris, and mm -hmm. Saul. As and th and that's who was governing the church, the teachers and the prophets. <clears throat> so there's a such term, I don't know if y'all heard of it before, itinerant. And these are the five-fold offices that move to different offices. And then there are those who are stationary. You are called to that church. God started that church. Say the evangelist went in, said there's a lot of souls that have been evangelized. The evangelist went in to gather, right? So we went and we gathered, and now we need a home for them. They don't call the pastor first. Usually they call the apostle. So the apostle can set things in order. And then the teacher and the pastor comes in to start that ministry off. Mm. That's church planning 101. God has a blueprint for it. And sometimes <clears throat> when we're short pastors, God will use prophets and teachers to govern that church. If we're short pastors and teachers, God will use elders, nothing but elders running a church, running it together, but they will move in different apostolic gifts as if the apostle was there, the prophet was there, the teacher is there, because God is gonna come in his essence and whatever being gives him access so that his church will not be void in anything it needs. That's him. So to get to know them, <clears throat> we talked about character, characteristics and nature the other week. Now we can look at that and I can tell by conversations with y'all, I could mention one issue and put it on the table and how you all answer, I can usually tell by your heart answer who you are in the five vote offices. Hmm. But if I, I put up a different issue, I could get a different response triggered from you because God is moving on you in that way. He's putting a burden on you in that way. So I would say something like, oh, you don't think that we're doing what we need to do because you are so set that we need to be outside. Why are we holding services inside? We should out be evangelizing. You can tell what their heart is. 
you're probably talking to an evangelist. The teachers are like, all this evangelizing, woo-hoo-hoo, but when we bring them in, all we do is the hokey-pokey with them. Nobody's grounding them. Nobody's vetting them. Oh, I hear a teacher. And then you hear the prophet. The problem is they know all the scripture, but they don't know the voice of God. Oh, we hear a prophet in the house. Do you hear the concerns of your heart? You, we can put issues on the table. <clears throat> we can put issues on the table and where you, you answer, how you respond, what triggers you is usually what who your officer is on the inside of you. It's not that hard to find out. We don't have to go through all these great assessments that we go through, but we go through them because y'all need to be satisfied <laughs> with who he called you to be. You need to understand that though you have a gift, there is equipping and training that needs to come with that. It's like I have a gift to guard, so I'm gonna be a police officer, but you don't know how to work a gun, you don't know how to do a safe chokehold. You killing more than you jailing. Think about it. So we've got people, officers in positions that don't know how, they're not equipped with the training necessary to move their tools. They don't know how to put a gun on safety in their pocket. Imagine putting officers on the streets with no training because they said I was born to be an officer. The church is the only place where people can say, I'm gifted at this, or you do something great one time before the church, and we give them a title and a ranking and a position. No vetting, no equipping, no testing, no trial, no, no, no character development, none of that. Just because your gift moved, or I need to fill this house up. So if I give everybody titles, everybody gonna come running to this church. You have a big, awkward mess. Every office needs training. I was at um, Devin's shop the other day, and she's training her little girls how to do here. And she could see in one more than the other one that passion is there to do here. The other one just kind of like, dun, 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 like whatever. Yeah, I got a gift. I can do it. But this ain't really what I want to do, but I can do it. Does that sound familiar to y'all? Like you may be able to preach, but it doesn't mean you are a pastor. Two different realms. You can preach a good message and not care about one soul on Monday or Tuesday. A pastor is going to be tired and still care about that soul on Monday or Tuesday. So in the, the littlest one where Devin sees the desire and the connection to doing here, and when she says, come over here and, and um, look, look at I'm about the color apostles here because it's not gray. So we're going to just go ahead and put a different color on her here. So the, uh, one, of them, one of them walked over there. The little one, Boogie. Can I do it? Can I do it? You can see on her the connection to that gift is there. But being smart enough to know that just because she says she has an interest or you see the passion, you can't put chemicals in her hand. You can't allow her to start perming and dying and, and keratin and, and all that other stuff with her because there's a training and equipping that has to come with it. So some of us are probably Shug's age in the spirit. And it takes that time to develop and train and mature them so that they can become a mature hairdresser in the spirit. Because you'll understand that you can get more than die on somebody's forehead and be there for two days. You can ruin somebody's edges. Who knows about this stuff? I, the, the, the other one said to Devin, um, let me spray the water off. So Devin, the, the water said, Phew. Devin was like, see, y'all watch me do it. And because I'm trained, you think it's easy. But I gave you a simple water hose. Anybody ever touch the water hose at a hairdresser? That hose is wild. You need a class just in water hose holding. And when the little one got it, Devin said, you're not powerful enough to hold it. She wasn't ready yet 
for what was going to be put in her hand. And when I was sitting there, I said, look at this. I don't even think Devin has an idea that she's literally showing how you raise up a specialized gift to do that work. Even holding the hose, we look at it and we think it's nothing. But you grab that hose and you find out you got to know how that water was gone. I got squirted a few times. But because it's love, I let the love squirt me. But I was sitting there saying, this is crazy. If we understood this in the church, that even holding the little water thing needs to be taught how to hold it in a certain way, watch the temperature. Devin said, you can put water all up here and think you clean the soap out, but you get to the scalp of the head, it's all full of soap. So Devin said, let's look at Mima's back of her scope. They lift my head up, all the soap was sitting right there, but the whole head, look. Devin said, see, if you didn't pay attention to this, you wouldn't know that. So you had to learn this from me. This ain't in the book. This came from experience. This came from me going before you that I was able to show you little things that you wouldn't know or you wouldn't truly miss. Do y'all get what I'm saying? So that's why we have to have training and equipping because things look easy. Everybody thinks they can do this. You know how many people leave this and try to start soul detox? Honestly, you have to be anointed for it. I get warfare unimaginable. Y'all see lights, camera, action. You don't know five minutes before that I was looking like this. The warfare is unimaginable. The psychological warfare of dreams, and I can tell when it's touching my husband or touching my granddaughter or touching my son. You don't want to go through that stuff just because it looks appealing to you. What God shows the world ain't what goes on behind stage. There's a burden for the calling in the commission. People think they can start a church because they can preach better or they can do this better. Or they can. It has nothing to do with that. Preaching is the lightest part of this assignment. All of us can preach. All y'all probably on fire right now to preach a word on one thing that was said to you. But where are you on Monday morning? Where are you on Sunday night? Yes, it's real. That's what the training and the mentoring. That's why Apostle Paul knew the gift and, and, and the opportunity in mentoring. Because we've got to stop having this thing of it looks good, but I'm dying and nobody's seeing it. But I've got this issue and nobody's ministering to me. Because God forbid if I showed the church what I'm really going through. And that's the purpose of the church. I don't know if it's in this book, but one of the other books of Dr. Price's, she talks about tithing. And that what you have a right to expect from tithing. And if you're out of church and you're tithing to an officer or to a network, what should come from tithing? Spiritual guidance, governance, counseling, deliverance. That's what the church offers for the tithe. And when we leave churches and we start sowing our tithes different places, that's, it shouldn't be, I'm too busy, I don't have time. I'm tithing to you. There's a covenant between you and I. And what comes with the tithe is not just putting a place so that God can rebuke the devourer. What you get, what you're supposed to get out of a church is a great encompassing of your entire family. Naturally. Y'all with me? I think you're done, right? So the last one, Acts 20. You want me to do one, um, two, and three, or just one? You no, know, one through three. Okay, so two says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and had hands on them, they sent them on their way. Did you notice the pattern of laying on of hands? Do you notice that there's more patterns of laying on of hands for office and for um, 
trans transference of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, and for the office more than they are for anybody that has a demon. Did you notice that? Find out in the Bible for me how many times hands was laid on people for demons. All right, Acts 20, 17, and 28, not through. Acts. What I did, lose a reader? <laughs> Acts 20, 17, and 28. Amen. But when we landed at Miletus, he sent a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus, mm -hmm. asking them to come and meet him. Mm -hmm. And 28? Yep. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. My God, thank you very, 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 very much. Amen. Our hearts and minds clear? If you have any questions, <clears throat> we're doing it this way so that on Wednesdays you can ask your questions. You can bring in any other takeaways that you got. You can even discuss with us some of the things that you read um, that we didn't hit up here today in between the lines. We want to hear your mind on this. We want to hear how you're processing. We want to hear your thinking. You're not going to be shut down. When we um, end Bible study, if you're in here with us on Tuesday from 6 to 7.30, afterwards we can have conversations and talks about it. There are some assignments in here that we can do together and discuss some of the answers. Not a test, but a review view to make sure that you are connecting correctly to the teaching. Is that all right? Amen. All right. Any all hearts and minds clear? We good? All right. I need to see y'all in Bible study. We are being very kind right now. We're, we're offering it to an audience on Tuesdays at six and Wednesdays at seven. Uh, we want you to get this because we need this house to be put in the proper order that God has put it in. As I had stated before, our intercessors should be running and consistent. If you believe you are called to be an intercessor, there's still a five-fold office for you. You're gonna hear that as we go on, um, but you should get into the intercessor training. Every officer should have a foundation of prayer. <clears throat> no one should feel so qualified that you don't need to start with prayer. Amen? So I don't care if you're an apostle. Start being an apostle of prayer, a prophet of prayer, an evangelist of prayer, a pastor of prayer, a teacher of prayer. Let that be your foundation because I'm going to be honest with you. Your gifts are going to come from your prayer time with God. It does not come by scripture reading. It doesn't. It comes by your prayer time with God. And people begin to recognize who I was in the spirit because of my prayer time. My prayer time showed people what was operating in me. My level of discernment that just went up beyond peaks. I mean, giving me the, the information in the business of people who, to me, I saw as, you just untouchable. I'm, I'm just an usher who has just sat down three times this year. And I'm trying to work out my soul salvation with fear and trembling. But God has given me prophetic insight and revelation of leaders that, to me, as an usher, I have no business even talking to them. But God was trusting me with things that to this day, y'all, I prophesied to leaders to things that if they didn't stop doing, this was the image I had of them. And to this day, it has happened in their lives. God didn't care that the church had me as an usher. Do you hear me? God who I knew who I was when I was formed in my mother's womb. He knew who I was with each failure, with each falling. 
He knew who I was with abandonment and rejection and being misunderstood. He knew who I was when I was getting high and when I wasn't getting high. He knew who I was when I did not know who I was naturally or in the spirit. It starts in your prayer time. You want to see tremendous growth? You desire to find out who you are? You want to move in gifts that maybe you just think is not even a part of who you are? Let it be from prayer. I promise you, I can put my peace of mind guarantee on it. I promise you, you will see miracles in your life. And I'm, and I'm sold out on that early riser's prayer. If you start prayer at that early riser hour, that 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. time, I promise you, you will see miracles that you will be afraid to open your mouth because you will see that these things will begin to happen just like that, especially to those that are called to the miracle hour. You can't just set your alarm and get up and think that's the, that you're just going to move in that kind of power. It's to the hour that you're called in. You may move more powerful from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. But I promise you, if you start with early morning prayer, your entire life will change. And you will get to a point you don't even care what tide you are. You got so much power. You got so much burden. You have so much authority. You walk in places you used to go to. And they recognize something about you. Walgreens don't know I'm saved. They don't know I'm a pastor. They don't know that I'm an apostle. They don't know a thing about me. And the lady who does not know anything about anointings said to me, I can always tell when you're in here because there's an energy about you. That's from prayer. That's not from I'm an apostle. I don't wear my Jesus scarf. My pens don't say, for God so loved the world on them when I go up to the checkout. It's an authority on my life that comes from prayer. You might say you struggle in prayer, but why do you think you struggle in prayer? You don't struggle in studies. You don't st struggle in sitting in this chair, complaining about the time when you just sat. I did all the work. You struggle in prayer time because Satan knows the power you have on your knees will also be elevated when you stand up on your feet. And the greater of he that is in you is greater than anything that is in this world. But you're not going to see it by securing positions, reputations, or titles. Those come from your time in prayer. I pray that I've been an encouragement to you today. I pray that you'll be with us on Wednesdays or according to your schedules, even on Tuesdays. It is my desire to see you prosper in every area of your life, natural and spiritually. And not just prosper, is to see you in good health. And good health means perfect health in God. And once you prosper and be in good health in God, I want to see your soul prosper in God. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Think on these things, saints of God, so that God can be glorified in this earth. God bless you. Thank you all for coming out with us today. In the Apostles' House, every time we receive spiritual manna, we sow back material manna. If there's a seed you'd like to sow electronically, you can use the Tithely and PayPal and all that. Or our swipers are here standing to the side. Um, the bucket is here for those who still use denarius. We still have the cash system in the earth. Again, I thank you for being with us today. If you have any question, you can speak to any of the elders that sit on this side of the church. Any of the ministers, um, they used to wear badges. I don't know if they still do, but you can recognize the ministers in this house. Um, we make sure that they stand out. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for your giving. God bless you and have a wonderful day. We'll see you this week on Bible study.